This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to the Blood Red channel. I'm Guy Clark and welcome along Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez, Diogo Jota. The list goes on. Injuries have been a key subplot to Liverpool's 2020-21 campaign. So with that in mind, we're here with an expert with insight and opinion to rule an eye over Liverpool's treatment room. And who better to do that with than a man who's held the position of head physio at Liverpool. Dave Galley's been in exactly that position. Dave, thanks for coming back onto the Blood Red podcast to have a chat with us. Uh, hope you're keeping well. Yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah, um, everything's going well apart from the COVID issues, but everybody's in the same boat with that, which uh, doesn't help. But everything else, very good, thank you. I know you're down at Plymouth these days, and we caught up, I think, sort of during that first lockdown, League One and Two hadn't resumed by then, but you guys back underway. So I suppose it's it's all sort of different protocols and everything for you to deal with. Yeah, very different. It's been a, a strange season. It's a very shortened season, but very, very long with everything that's going on. But yeah, we you know we can't use gyms, we can't use the changing rooms, we can't have food inside the buildings. So it's all takeaway food. Training regimes have had to change. It, it's all very, very strange. And, and for me, it's no surprise that we've got a, uh, a bigger injury list than normal. Not here. I touch wood. We're very lucky. But I think uh, through football in general, through all the leagues, I think they've noticed a massive increase in injuries. Yeah, as a physio, does it sort of change how you can do your job? Just sort of thinking like sort of maybe like minor niggles and things you're not maybe able to tend to or players, I wouldn't say sort of covering those up or anything. But as I say, that those minor sort of ones that you might touch base with with players on quite a regular basis, is it is it more sort of the severer, more impact yeah, injuries? Yeah, yeah, you you don't have the time. You know, we're limited still to officially fifteen minutes of treatment for everyone, um, and and we we can't keep everyone in the building. We just don't have the facilities here to have the the room to have everyone in. We've we've got a treatment room that's split down a, a corridor. We have a door open each end for ventilation, uh, and it's just very very diff- difficult on the practicalities of of getting everyone in for the treatments, the prehab, the rehab checking people doing little bits and pieces as you say every day before training after training uh it, it just makes everything a lot more a lot more difficult yeah no I, I bet it does let's have a chat then uh, about the injuries i mentioned at the top three key liverpool players this season virgil van dyke joe gomez and diogo jota who have all picked up knee campaigns through the course of the season and i suppose when i say to you knee injuries you think well which one because there's so many different kinds <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. There's uh, there's too many to mention in one go. That's for sure. No, Definitely. Yeah, no, certainly. And we'll, we'll we'll start with Virgil Van Dijk, really. And it'll be, I suppose, the main injury that we talk about. It's the anterior cruciate knee ligament injury that we were chatting off air just before we started record, recording. That seems to have become, unfortunately, quite a modern occurrence in the modern day game with players picking them up quite regularly and Virgil van Dijk of course picking his up in the Merseyside derby yeah yeah it's a it's a difficult injury uh, it has been around for a long time but previously when you when you tore your ACL a few years ago you basically you were finished they didn't repair them they tried to tidy them up but your knee was totally unstable to play at professional level at the top level elite level um then it was all over to Colorado to see Richard Stedman. That was the the vogue at that time. 
uh, and he did a very good job. He set up a clinic at the bottom of a mountain originally for skiers that came down the slopes, tore their ACL. He repaired them, did the recovery and got a, a good name around the world in football. Uh, we've been there numerous occasions uh, and then slowly more and more surgeons uh, equally as good in this country have taken up the, the mantle uh, and doing the same operation. But it is getting more and more prevalent nowadays, without a doubt. But the surgery is getting better because they know what they're doing, which angles to put the, the pegs in. Um, and, you know, ev- everything is just improving so, so much. And for those sort of like myself who don't really understand the mechanics of how your knee works, the ACL is effectively the fundamental ligament, is it not, with, that holds it all together? It, it's one of, yes, definitely. But it, it's it's a big one for, for rotational injuries and uh, sort of extension, hyperextension, which is the, the, the common way of doing it, which is extension and rotation or a deep flexion and rotation. Yeah, no, fair enough. And the time frame, it does seem to vary from player to player, but quite often it sort of seems to be eight months minimum. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I think when they when they originally started, they were saying sort of six to eight months. Then it went to nine to twelve months, and now it's it's around sort of eight months. But I think sensibly eight to nine months is is right to to have a decent recovery. Uh, a lot of players will will recover within that time scale but it's the following 12 years uh, 12 years 12 months um to two years afterwards where they can get sort of recurrent problems and that's what you want to try and minimize to get the leg as strong as possible um in every aspect to to go back and play football for a number of years afterwards yeah, I've seen a few videos on social media going around with Virgil van Dijk of doing keepy uppies doing light work on a treadmill and things so like you say it's Actually, getting back to that stage maybe won't take all too long. It's four months since Virgil van Dijk did it. He does seem to to be built differently to most human beings, but there is still sort of that need to temper expectation to how long it will be until he is back, because if he does come back too soon, he could certainly feel sort of ramifications for that down the line. Yeah, the only thing I, I will say on that, though, is the Liverpool staff are the only people that know what's going on with Virgil and and they will have total control over it with the player himself uh, and the surgeon, obviously. Uh, and and they will know what stage is at, where he should be doing things, when he should be doing things. And there's plenty of other physios, without being rude to anyone, out there that will always take a chance to knock the Liverpool staff. And I've, I've been in that position myself and there's always people that know better. Only the Liverpool staff know where he is, what stage he's at and what he should be doing. And I've, I've got every confidence in them to do the right job for Virgil to get him back fully fit at the right time. And unfortunately, I suppose it goes back to what we've been saying before. Unfortunately, it's become quite a common thing in the modern game. I was sort of looking through Liverpool's injury record over sort of the time in which Jurgen Klopp has been about and the likes of Joe Gomez, Danny Ings twice, Nathaniel Klein and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. They've all had this injury as well, not sort of attributing any blame. It it does sort of seem to be an injury in the modern time that for whatever reason just seems to happen on, on a quite frequent basis. Yeah, I think it does, to be fair. And it's it's all over the world. It's not just in, in England either. But I, I think that the speed of the game has massively increased. Uh, we, we're talking elite, elite athletes here as well, where the slightest thing at speed is going to have a, a detrimental effect to joints. Um, the, the quality of the pitches now to look at are absolutely fantastic, but there's very little give in them. 
you know, a few years ago, you'd, you'd make a tackle or a challenge uh, and the pitch would give a little bit. Nowadays, the pitch doesn't give. So those forces have got to go somewhere and they will come up through your body. And if you've got a joint in just slightly the wrong angle, the forces are going to create issues within that joint. So I think there's a there's a lot of issues happening all at the same time. Um, plus, at the moment, this season, with uh, the, the COVID issues going on, there's, there's just not enough time to recover for the lads. You know, there's so many games and it's just play, 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 play. Still trying to train and recover in between. Um, it's it's a really difficult time for the elite lads because they've got internationals as well. Euros this summer, the World Cup coming up next year, which will be on as before we know it. They just don't get a good chance to get a, a rest. Is there, therefore, sort of, without wanting to, to scaremonger people listening into which Liverpool player may drop next and need treatment, sort of, I know Jurgen Klopp's spoken about that player welfare, welfare argument, but the thing of even if it's not this season, even injuries maybe that happen into next season, the season after, as you say, with the World Cup and everything that is to come, that there may be underlying issues that creep to the surface but are slowly sort of deteriorating due to the amount of games this season. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah, I really do. I think we've... How we get around it, I don't know. But I, I do think we've got so many games at the elite level and they have to try and rotate the squad. Um, but the players are, are under that spotlight all the time, even though there's no fans there. Uh, and that's that's another thing. It's it's. I think whatever people say, it's, it's a horrible atmosphere without the fans. Well, there is no atmosphere. Um, you try and get up the very important games... Um, and dealing with that mental aspect as well doesn't help. No, certainly not this season. I say Liverpool season, there has been this subplot of injury going through it. And I suppose actually the guys in the physio room will probably be feeling it as much as anyone else because they've got the players' welfare obviously right at the centre of what they do. But more than anything, they want to see them back out on the pitch as soon as possible and getting Liverpool back to winning ways. Exactly. We want them all out there, but we want them all out there safely and at the right time. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we want. Uh, every manager will want every injured player more than any other player they've got, which is quite normal. Uh, but uh, no, you, you want everybody out onto the training field as regularly as you can and available for every match, but safely. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, certainly. One season that always sticks out for me, Dave, when we chat is 20 years ago, that 2000-2001 season under Gerard Houllier, who, of course, sadly passed away last month. But that yeah. season, I think you had over 60 games, didn't you? And managing that squad right. and ensuring that the players were, were good to go, certainly at the back end of that season, competing on all fronts. That's right. Yeah, it was a difficult time. Um, I certainly saw more of the football club than I did in my wife that time, that's for sure. Um, but uh, that's, that's quite normal for most physios, I would say. But the, the, the other thing with that is we were winning and that, that has a, a massive mental effect on it. You know, you just keep on winning. The niggles, you don't feel as much. Injuries are injuries. You still have to, to take the time to get those right. Uh, but when you're winning, it's, it's mentally, it's so much easier. Um, and, Winning games creates a, a lovely atmosphere, mentally and physically. Yeah, I mentioned Gerard there and the magical time. I suppose that is something you must look back on as an absolutely fantastic time. And uh, as I say, poignant with his sad passing. Oh, it was awful to uh, to hear that news. Really was. He was he was a lovely man. I know a lot of people have paid a lot of tributes to him, and they're all very very true. 
Um, he was he was just he was a, a genius on the football field, without a doubt. He helped a lot of players um, change the ways, improve as players, improve as people. Um, him and his family were were just lovely, really, really nice, genuine people. Um, but yeah, it, the the times we go back there, you can't help but reminisce on on fantastic memories because you you were winning. Uh, the the atmosphere around the club was was very very good, uh, and he was I say he was just a, a gentleman that helped everyone on and off the field, knew everybody's name very. Similar, I know a lot of people say the same about Alex Ferguson, knows all the staff, all the staff's families. Gerard was was very much the same as that. So it was it was very much a family club and he led it from the front. Yeah, he certainly did. And and, and what a man and what a character in, way, in the way he, he led and carried himself and conducted himself. And Liverpool yeah. Football Club at the time, looking to the modern day, mentioned at the top, you with Plymouth Argyle, things going quite well for for you guys and you've got a certain Liverpool loanee down there at the moment we certainly have little Adam Lewis yeah he's uh, he's been with us for a few weeks now he's he's doing very well he's had a little niggle at the moment at the back of his ankle but uh, obviously staying in contact with the Liverpool staff so that they know his condition as well on a not a daily basis but every other day um uh, just being out with him this morning doing some ball work and hopefully we're looking at him to to join in training tomorrow or Friday um, a bit of luck he'll be available for Saturday's game then to, to help us move forward but we're on a, a decent run at the moment two away wins in the league and a, and a good performance sadly a defeat in the FA Cup at Sheffield United but a very very good performance so yeah it's, it's going well it's going well still raining but going well well, yeah, some things don't change, certainly when you're at sort of a a, a club by the sea. But uh, yeah, with Plymouth Argyle, you've got Adam Lewis scored on his, his debut as well for the club. But Ryan Lowe as well, big Liverpool supporting contingent down there and wish you guys all the best and hopefully maybe a second half of the season playoff charge. That'd be lovely. That's what we're aiming for, without a doubt. And we'll go all out to get there. Everybody will stick together, that's for sure. We'll get there. Cheers, Dave. Thanks a lot for your time and, and really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. Thank you, Lou. Former Liverpool head physio Dave Galley with his insight and expert opinion on all things knee injuries as Virgil van Dijk does, of course, look as though he's stepping up his return to action for the Reds. Well, that's it from us for this edition of the Blood Red podcast. If you are listening in on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your audio on demand, do be sure to leave us a rating and review if you can do. And make sure you check out the Blood Red dedicated YouTube channel. Plenty more content for you to enjoy over there. But from myself, Guy Clark, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.